Welcome everyone to Bitcoin Magazine's Meet the Taco Plebs. I have a fantastic guest here with us today. Um, he's just recently joined the conference team here at BTC Media, and uh, we're super happy to have him. He's on Twitter as Chad Capital, and uh, we know him as Brad. Brad, do you want to do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, what's up? Nice to uh, be here. I think we met in Miami uh, after the second night of the conference last year. So uh, this is awesome. I've listened to this episode with a bunch of, I've listened to this show with a bunch of people. So it's uh, my first time. I'll try not to fuck it up too bad. No, I don't think you could fuck it up any more than, than uh, anyone else has in the past. But uh, it was awesome meeting you in, in Bitcoin 2021, you know, the after party and I think uh, we all had a lot of fun there. So it was great to meet everyone in person and, and build that connection. But um, glad to have you on the team. Let's jump right into our uh, Taco Plebs questions here. And uh, I want to ask you about how you got into Bitcoin, basically. What's your Bitcoin rabbit hole story? My rabbit hole story, uh, it was um, like very early 2017. I was in a bar in LA where I was living at the time. And uh, I overheard and saw this this kid who was like a couple years older than me looked like talking about Bitcoin and he was just like drunk and talking loud and really excited. And he was like holding up the price on his phone and, and like just like showing a bunch of people and talking about like how much he's up and, and just saying like percentages and stuff like that. And uh, we happened to be like getting drinks at the same time, like right next to each other. And I just asked him about it. And I had never heard like the word before in my life somehow up until that point. And he his like face lit up. He was just like pumped to be asked about it and to talk about it. And he started getting into uh, like mining and hash power and the having. And um, he was talking about how like we're entering a bull market here. And um, I could just tell he had made a bunch of money and he was really excited. And uh, I tried to talk to him a little bit about it there. And um, it just like a ton of stuff went right over my head, obviously. But uh, he was nice enough to give me his number. And he sent me like some articles and, and uh, videos and like YouTube clips after. And I think like I'm, a, I'm definitely a believer in like the touch theory. Like you need a couple touches to, to get it. Like um, I'm happy I took my second touch like literally the day after when I was just alone like on my laptop and I watched a couple of videos and read a couple of articles he sent me. I think I was just hooked after that. Yeah, it's impossible not to be once you uh, get that second touch, as you said, and like understand what's going on with money and all that. And uh, the the level of excitement that that guy was probably exuding uh, I think all Bitcoiners can kind of relate to that once they understand it. And once they, once they realize their first, um, not their first profits in terms of selling, but just seeing the fiat number go up on it, you're, it just amazes you. And I think, uh, I think it's an infectious level of amazement, you know? Yeah, for uh, sure. The greed marketing tactic always works. For sure. Exactly. Right. Uh, appeals to humans deepest incentives. Um, so going off of that, I want to ask you, how has Bitcoin changed your life? Because as you were talking about before this, uh, it really has changed your career path and everything. So, Yeah, uh, I wrote about it um, for Bitcoin Magazine before. Like the, the way that I think about it, like if I think seriously about like how it changed my life, it's definitely a couple things like opportunity cost is a big one I think of. Um, and saying that to say that like it factors into every decision. Like 
financial and non-financial decisions that you don't think are financial, like everything is just weighed against like, wow, I could have bought this instead. And um, that could be like at a high level, like investment wise, or like, like for my generation, your generation, like the, it's probably like buying a house. is like the biggest thing people think about and compare with other investments. But um, I've just realized that that opportunity cost just factors into everything. That's like a huge part of the game theory. Um, and like, I don't know, it's just insane to think about like it just, it works with corporations and with nation states and like the first mover advantage and everything. It's just like the ultimate opportunity cost. That's what I wrote about the first time uh, I've done anything with Bitcoin Magazine and uh, I still believe that. So it's just like subconscious at this point. Yeah, no, that piece was uh, fantastic. Um, I'll try and put the link in the description. But uh, yeah, I, I think it it definitely is like the ultimate thing you can trade your time for. And time is the ultimate thing you can trade. Um, and I think once everyone like grasps the value of Bitcoin, it's impossible to not understand like what you're sacrificing when you uh, allocate your resources to other things, you know? And so it's, it's a really eye-opening experience to understand the value of Bitcoin. Yeah. I like it's, it can be thought of so many different ways, obviously, but just like even the opportunity cost thing can be broken down from different perspectives, like our own as individual investors. And then I keep obsessing over the fact that like in the professional investing world um, where I used to work, like money managers and firms and and pensions and everyone like uses something for opportunity costs like they have a base that they measure investments against and it's usually treasury bonds which is like the worst performing investment ever that we know like besides cash itself mm -hmm. and it's just crazy that they use the worst performing investment as their benchmark or as their opportunity cost and like I feel like we're just living through this like weird social experiment where we're seeing what happens if you use the best performing investment instead as your opportunity cost and just weigh things against it. Yep. And we're in that awkward period where it hasn't quite like dawned on most people. So that's a very uh, small sect of people who have understood like this sound money that's going on while the fiat forces are still very much in play. Uh, extremely lucky to be on this side though. Um, but yeah, you, you talk about uh, other things when you wrote for us in the end of Bitcoin's beginning. That was your second piece for us. And in that, you uh, you actually used memes a lot. And that kind of goes into my my second question, which also relates to your Twitter, which is very much a meme-filled place. Um, but you, so how do you see memes as a force to further adopt the adoption of Bitcoin? Because um, you, you utilize them so much during your, uh, your orange pilling uh, on the articles and Twitter. Yeah, I guess I did never thought about them like deeply until I heard other people like, <laughs> like only in Bitcoin, like our memers getting interviewed for some reason. It's hilarious. But mm -hmm. like, I heard other people talk about it. And I agree that it's like way deeper than just laughing. But to start, I just thought they were fucking hilarious. And like, I definitely subscribe to a picture says a thousand words and like doing these video memes and like, really in detail memes like really niche stuff about like specific just shit that's going down like with the with the vote we saw in, in congress and everything like there were just such specific memes coming out and that just happens with everything in bitcoin like it's just it's just you can say like a million words in a video or in a picture nowadays and it's fucking awesome so 
we like everyone knows we just live in like a meme economy and a meme world and a clown world right now so like it's undeniable that they drive um like actual change and decision making and like action from important people in the world which is just like scary and and funny and it's just hilarious to just spend our time like waiting for hyper bitcoinization and just like killing time on twitter and just laughing all day about it and just, yeah like the laser eyes obviously um like the meme factory guys that's just insane that like they got senators and people to to put that on and like i don't know they spread like wildfire like it's just the best i love it yeah um i think like memes are super relatable and that's why people love them i mean anyone from a senator to a pleb can relate to the laser eye adoption and then like you said it's like a, a fiat world of course is only going to be best expressed by something like a meme you know and uh, it's just so like i said relatable um when we're experiencing like the strangeness uh of the events of our time uh the only way we can really deal with it i guess is to have a laugh about it and it's it's also you know it spreads ideas and information and culture uh while doing that which yeah like bro if you don't have a sense of humor these next 10 years are going to be devastating for you that's gonna be rough yeah like the world is just spiraling and and like everyone has different opinions and like it gets serious but like if you can't just laugh at some of the shit that we see every day i don't know how you even like go about your day because if you're too serious about this stuff you'll just go insane it feels like Seems like Bitcoiners have a good sense of humor. I think that's something that I've noticed is uh, Bitcoiners have a good sense of humor. Oh, yeah. Like, we'll just, like, Bitcoin will just drop 50% and we'll just tell billionaires to have fun staying poor. Like, it yeah. makes you numb to, like, real-world stuff. And it's also hilarious that, like, there's, like, different meme crews breaking out. Like, I'm in, like, the meme tards and it's just a bunch of people I've become friends with online. And you would like look at their feed if you didn't know what was going on and think these people are like like very left bell curve but they're like the smartest people ever like they understand bitcoin for 99.9 percent of the world and they're just joking about it on twitter it's great yeah um it's it the meme factory and the meme tarts and everyone who is on twitter making those groups are some of the, my favorite people to watch so it's uh it's it's hilarious to laugh at them and with them so moving forward, I want to ask you about what you're most looking forward to in the Bitcoin space, because there's a lot going on and uh, there's just so many things to be excited about. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to working in the space full time. Like that's all I've wanted to do since I got involved. And um, like with Bitcoin, I'm looking forward to see what happens with El Salvador. It seems like it's like a testing pot for the world and, and like kind of how Bitcoin Beach was like, a testing lab for if it could work at a bigger scale with El Salvador in general. It seems like El Salvador is like that for like the next couple nation states and um, like micro strategies like that for other corporations. So like once the, I don't know, we look back in like three or four years and the data is all like positive and like crime rates have gone down and a ton of other positive stuff has happened. It's kind of like the testing grounds for like the fix the money, fix the world theory. So I'm pumped to see what happens with that it's definitely on like a longer time frame but um i've been like trying to take lightning and my node more seriously and and uh um that's something i'm definitely excited for um so like the 
I would say anyone thinking about that should go into like the Telegram Clubnet group and like they were so helpful. So um, that's helped me a lot to like take Lightning more seriously and learn more about like routing and, and setting up for like thinking of it as a business like five years down the road. Yep, yep. Uh, highly recommend the Plebnet group. Uh, we've had articles from them and uh, they definitely understand Lightning and uh, we're, we're lucky to work with them. So that is a great group to learn about Lightning. I agree that that's like definitely, uh, that in El Salvador is definitely the fix the money, fix the world in action. I mean, if, if the strike and lightning program that's going on there works out uh in any positive way i mean it's going to be undeniable and so uh it'll be really cool to see the real world applications of what we talk about on twitter uh what we meme about you know come true and and uh like you said it will take a little bit of time but um at least for the end of the year i wanted to know a price prediction from you sir uh and also one for the end of 2030 um end of 2021 uh well i guess if i'm being honest like i would say like 158k because there's just an attraction to 58k as we've seen yes Um, of course and we'll just throw an extra digit on that we're gonna go up and to the right is what i can guarantee and end of 2030 i think we just stop pricing things in us dollars and it wouldn't even make sense to say a number yeah, no, I'm totally with you. But 2030 seems like such a long time away. Uh, I couldn't imagine that at that point we'd still be, uh, you know, trading any amount of sats for uh, worthless fiat dollars, especially at the rate we're going. So uh, it's fucked. It's like eight years. Like it's actually not that long. Like the last eight years blew by for me. So um, it's yeah. going to creep up. And that's when like all this stuff comes to head. Like, like I think we have some debt that's due around then and like that's the date that you see with like the world economic forum and a ton of stuff so it'll be interesting maybe that's just like when the simulation shuts off or something yeah that's when they force us try to force us at least all into the pods and that's when the bitcoiners rise up i guess who knows um but yeah i mean there's so many things to be excited about like you said before uh el salvador um you know the liquidation tweet uh it, it's just uh there's a lot of things to be excited about and a lot of things that will push the price up up into the right so um yeah How about you you have any predictions oh yeah i mean when so when nick asked me last time uh when i did this podcast myself as the guest i said 500k for 2021 and uh end of 2030 i was pretty much the same level as you i said we wouldn't even really be uh, valuating it in us dollars anymore I think for 2021, I'll revise a little bearish. I'd say like 250K would be maybe a, a really hopeful look. I personally, I think we might like shoot up to 250 and then recreate a base somewhere lower, but that's kind of speculation based off of nothing. So uh, it's just what I think would happen. I mean, we shot up to 64 and then kind of retraced a bit. So it wouldn't, wouldn't be totally impossible to do that on a bigger scale uh, as we have this second leg, but I definitely think we are hitting a second leg in the bull market. So yeah, be excited sure. to do that. And uh, Bitcoin magazine will definitely be pumping out plenty of content to keep you busy during that bull market. Yeah. My number before this dip was definitely closer to like 500 or 600 by December 21, but yep. um, 
I think it just gets pushed out. Like I don't think anything changes. I think it's just like Q1, 22, blow off top. And like, I def- I think we still have cycles. Like I've seen good arguments against it, but um, I don't know. That's just intuition. And if right. we get to 600K in the end of 2021, that would just be obscene. I would definitely buy sure. a chair or something. For sure. I mean, time to sit at that point. But um. Mm-hmm. Any, any last words about Bitcoin 2022? Because uh, I'm not sure exactly what you can tell us from there, but uh, I'd be interested to hear anything that you can. Yes, smash buy a ticket. Um, hit me up for a promo code and it's going to be huge. It's going to be like 35,000 people. It's going to be a little bit more separated from uh, industry perspective and institution perspective versus retail, which is going to be good. I think uh, people didn't like, uh, they were kind of like mashed together. Like, I think the separation of days is going to be awesome. Um, the sponsors are going to be more focused. They like, they definitely heard a lot of the uh, um, criticism from last year. And I think that mm-hmm. I wasn't here last year, but they're definitely improving like across the board. And they're going to have a third day that's uh, kind of like a music festival type party day that you can just like network and chill and not have to worry about missing a talk or something. So that's going to be awesome. Dude, I'm uh, extremely excited. Uh, the last one was great. So I can't imagine that the next one will be less than any less than uh, absolutely fantastic. So yeah. And what um, I realized uh, this week is that it's the same time as I think the masters and spring break. So it's going to be a lot of shit going on. Oh boy. Uh, well, Miami will be absolutely insane at that time. So, um, you know, hit up, hit up Chad capital on Twitter for, uh, for that discount code, uh, Bitcoin 2022 is going to be freaking awesome. And, uh, thanks so much for coming on meet the taco plebs. Uh, it was great to have you. Oh yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. See you later folks. Catch the next episode and, uh, take care.